Hello everyone and welcome back to the sign of the dollar. So today I wanted to talk about yet another one of the topics that I address in my book. But before I get into it, I thought it would be a good idea to give a brief outline or idea of what my book is about. Now, I don't recall if I've ever done this on my podcast before, but even if I have, I thought it would be important to sort of provide some larger context for the ideas that I'm about to talk about. So I always struggle to give people a straight answer when they ask me what my book is about. But I guess the simplest way to put it is that my book has been a vehicle for philosophical exploration for me. So at the moment, it's it's simply a collection of ideas of, I guess, what will eventually develop into my own philosophy. Of course, there's a lot of influence from other philosophers there that I've watched or listened to or, or read, uh, but they are the beginnings of of you know, my ideas and my outlook towards the world. So the main two branches of philosophy that I focus on are epistemology and ethics. And the main reason for that is that it is mainly a moral philosophy book or a book about ethics, but I think it's very important to establish a few things, not only about epistemology, but also about the branch of philosophy that deals with with the study of reality, metaphysics, Um, you know, noting some things about the nature of reality and then on that basis also having some notes about the nature of knowledge and how it can be obtained and then of course how that knowledge can be used in order to to make moral decisions or good decisions bad decisions however you want to put it so that's the reason why i focus mainly on these topics but more than anything i guess it's it's also a self-help book and I know you're probably thinking, well, what can an 18-year-old tell you about how to live your life? How can an 18-year-old have philosophical insights that are so profound that they can actually have a difference in my life? And trust me, even I don't know the answer to that question. Um, this book just contains ideas that have helped me personally sort of develop my, my value system and, and develop a sense of purpose. And, you know, I, I don't claim to, to have the gospel truth about any one topic, but of course, I, th- I think it's valuable for people to express their ideas, and I guess that's all my book is. And if it helps people in the process, that's great, because that's the main goal of it. Even if, of course, you don't follow blindly what I'm saying. I mean, that's the last thing I'd want you to do, but if it provokes your thoughts and gets you thinking about philosophy, and in, in, in general makes you want to make a change in your life, then, then you know, m- my job or the purpose of that book will have been fulfilled. So that sort of leads me nicely into uh, one of the things that I mentioned in my introduction, and that is that one of the main purposes of my book is to broaden the access of philosophical ideas uh, and, and, and to write a book that, you know, is something that people who aren't necessarily interested in philosophy, who perhaps think of the discipline as too esoteric or too academic, something that they can also enjoy. And the reason for that is I really think philosophy is something that has great value in everybody's lives. And and a lot of people mistake it to be something that's purely intellectual or, or has to do with, you know, a bunch of ancient Greek dudes or a bunch of ancient Chinese people. Like, um, you know, I, I definitely think that there is a lot of esotericism surrounding the subject matter that, sort of turns a lot of people away from the discipline. But really what it is, is just an exploration of, of the world around us, of, of the way people live, our value systems, um, just a lot of things like this. And 
thinking about this, I think, can be very, very valuable in anybody's life because really it allows them to reflect on, on themselves, on their worldview, on their outlook towards their, their lives and just in general, all of the things that they do. And reflection, I think, is one of the most important things. And of course, a lot of, a lot of people do this kind of reflection who, who aren't necessarily philosophers or who don't consider themselves as somebody who's interested in philosophy. But making these things explicit and thinking about them in the context of a discipline that explores all of these things can be very valuable. So that is definitely one of the main goals of my book, and that is to get all sorts of people, you know, it doesn't matter what their background is, you know, how old they are, anything like that, interested in philosophy and thinking about these kinds of things. So I've purposely sort of structured or explained my ideas in a way that I think can be interesting to everyone, including people who don't have a philosophical background. So that's the goal or the purpose of the book, but I haven't explained any of the actual content or the structure of the book. So my book is split up into four parts. The first part is reason, the second part is emotion, the third part is character, and the fourth part is authority. So the first part about reason addresses the concept of reason and talks about how it is the sole way of knowing, the only way to obtain knowledge, even if it uses other tools like sense perception and uh, emotion even and intuition, you know, all of these things, how they ultimately combine for us to obtain knowledge, but you know, the one factor that is present in every single case of obtaining knowledge is reason. So I explain this in a lot of detail. I won't really get into this uh, into in this podcast episode, but I sort of establish reason as the only or primary way of knowing. And then I talk about how reason can be used or how reason is the only main tool for people to make moral decisions. I, I address how I don't think, you know, faith can be used, obviously, I don't think people should blindly follow any authority, whether it's you know um, their god or, or government, to to solely to develop their value system uh, on how instead they should think through every single every single action that they take in in a sort of rational way to decide on its morality. So that's something that I address at length in the chapter about reason. So I guess it's a combination of metaphysics, epistemology, and towards the end. Also, uh, also ethics, since first of all, I establish the nature of reality. I, I mentioned that reality, even if we perceive it differently, is, is objective. You know, it exists independent of our perception. And for that reason, reason is the primary way of knowing. And since reason is the primary way of knowing, and obviously our knowledge about various things are important for us to make any decisions, especially moral decisions, uh, and that's why, you know, reason is that fundamental tool we have at our disposal to make those kinds of decisions. So that's sort of a brief uh, sum up of, of the ideas that I express in that first part. In the second part, I talk about emotion, and uh, when I talk about emotion, I specifically talk about the role of emotion in moral decision making. So, of course, you know, 
acting purely on emotion. If, if you're very emotional, of course, you're prone to making bad decisions. So the question is, well, does emotion have a large role in moral decision making? Should we be under the influence at all when we make moral decisions or should it be purely rational or pu purely reasonable? So one of the ideas I express is that reason is not necessarily robotic or devoid of emotion, but rather it considers emotions and, and it uses our ability to feel, to think about things rationally. So as humans, we have this ability to feel that a lot of animals and robots don't. But we also have the ability to, to use, this abil use this feeling, this ability to feel, to sort of inform our decision-making and, and reflect on this kind of emotion and reflect on the consequences of our actions on the emotions of others and ourselves uh, and think about that rationally and weigh it out to make moral decisions. So the essence of the idea there is that emotions can indeed be used to make moral decisions, but they have to be funneled through rational thinking and they have to be thought about rationally before they can be acted upon rather than, you know, acting in the spur of the moment or or acting purely for emotional reasons or purely based on your emotion at that time. So, of course, I go into a lot more detail in my book about this, about specific kinds of emotions and, and why each of them needs to be rationalized before they can be used to make any kind of moral decisions. But yeah, that's something I will save for when uh, people get to read the book. Uh, the third part is about character. So I talk about a lot of character traits, you know, which are desirable, which are not. And some of that is contrary to public opinion. So I have a very large chapter about selfishness. And I know anybody who's read Ayn Rand knows that she was a staunch defender of selfishness. And I, I think actually that Ayn Rand was one of the most misunderstood philosophers. And that's part of because of the way that she expressed her ideas, I guess, in in... In some ways, she was quite pompous, but I definitely think there's a lot of value to her ideas. But of course, my chapter isn't just regurgitating her ideas, it's reflecting on them, expanding on them, and, and adding sort of my own ideas to the mix. So I talk about selfishness, and while I don't necessarily say that selfishness, the way that we think of it, is a good thing, I, I talk about the various definitions of selfishness and, and the importance of making that clear beforehand and the importance of the semantics and, you know, then talk about whether it's a positive or a negative trait and basically, depending on what definition you give it, it can either be positive or negative. So that's sort of a brief idea, uh, you know, one of the chapters, brief idea of one of the chapters that I talk about. But of course, there's many more character traits that I address in that part. The last part is authority, and it mainly focuses on the role that authority should play, any authority should play in formulating your value system. So as, as I briefly addressed when I was talking about the part about reason, um, I think that the main tool that you should use to make decisions is reason. Now, does that mean you can't listen to any other authorities or that you have to rely purely on your own mind? No, certainly not. Of course, you can read things, you can sort of uh, get your values from external sources, but it is up to you to think them through, rationalize them before you adopt them entirely. So I address the dangers of blind faith and that faith, by the way, can be in anything. It, it, it could be in 
a father figure it could be in in the government and you know the most common thing it is in is is god and of course i i address religion at length but the main purpose of addressing religion is not to affirmatively say whether or not god exists but you know the extent to which god's teachings as we know them whether it's through the bible um the quran or or the bhagavad gita um you know the, the level of influence that they should have so i talk about how i believe that they should be seen as sort of a means to provoke your own thoughts and, and and think about the topics that they address before you make a final decision to to blindly follow of, of course once you think about it it's not blind anymore but before you make it any any decision to follow those kinds of values so this is something I, I address at length so I also of course address my thoughts on the ideal form of government that is most conducive to this sort of rationality approach or reason-based approach to decision-making um, similarly of course that the level of of influence that any religion or religious teachings should have in your in your life in formulating your value system so that's the main focus of the last part of my book so of course there's many many ideas in my book that i haven't addressed now and actually, I was planning to talk about one specific idea in this podcast episode, and that was the role of emotion in moral decision-making. But since I've actually gone through each part of my book and, and given a brief summary about what it's about, I, I think I'll leave that for another podcast episode. And I'll just have this podcast episode be a sort of outline of my book. It definitely wasn't the most coherent podcast I've recorded, so I, w I wouldn't use this as as the... I guess benchmark or, or representation of my book because I've had a lot more time to think deeply about the ideas that I'm expressing in my book and phrasing them in the best possible way. But I think this gives a basic idea of, 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 of the kinds of concepts that I address in my book. So I hope you enjoyed listening to this podcast. I hope it gave you some insight about my book and got you interested in reading it eventually. My plan is to publish it in the first half of this year not exactly sure how that's going to go i really hope it's going to be possible so somewhere around june of 2021 so definitely stay tuned for that be on the lookout i'm obviously going to be promoting that very heavily once i actually do secure a publishing deal and and have a a specific date that i'm going to publish it so of course i'll keep everybody who listens to my podcast uh in the loop about that so anyway, that'll do it for me today at the sign of the dollar. Thank you for listening.